0: Good morning, Today, right now we'll be studying the 7th chapter of Hilchot Shofar Sukkot Vilav. And this chapter we'll deal with the Arba'at Haminim uh, and the Mitzvah uh, Mina Torah of taking them up on Chagah The chapter is divided into a few different parts. First we'll talk about specifically and uh, I- identifying which uh, Minim and which species the Torah uh, referred to when the Pasuk said, "Ukhatem Lachem Bayum Harishon uh, the next part of the chapter will speak about uh, the exact way you know, one takes up the love. Then we'll talk about the timing of the mitzvah, who is obligated in the mitzvah, uh, the mitzvah of uh, the arava, and the permiss- permitted use of the arbat haminim for uh, other uses aside for the um the mitzvah. Now just to repeat the Pasuk, Ulkahtem nahem harishon peri et hadar kapotimarim, the anaf et avot are venachal it's pasuk in sevivaikra pirikav gimal where it describes uh haga sukkot and the it seems that um obviously uh sukkot was the time of the harvest now one of the ideas behind the Arba'at Haminim and taking them up on Chag is in a way to parade the fruits and trees and branches of Eretz Yisrael as all four of these uh, different species grow in Eretz Yisrael at different points of the year. So in a way, we take up these species to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu and recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu providing us with all the produce uh, all year round in on Sukkot we uh, actively um, recognize uh, this uh, this fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu provides for us all year round. Perik <speaking> hilchot lulav, perik zayin halacha aleph. Now, <Hebrew> our is going to identify exactly what the, these species mentioned in the Torah are. Kapot <speaking> temarim, <in Hebrew> the branches uh, of the palm howarin that in mentioned in the Torah, in the pasuk that pasuk that i mentioned hen hariyot chaldeke she yitsmahu kodem sheyitparadu ha'alin khan u'khan eda ke sheyu kemo shavit ve'hu hanikra lulav they are branches of a newly sprouted um palm tree before their leaves spread out to the side rather we take them up in the kapot marim that we're referring to is when they are in the shape of a scepter, when they're straight, that is what is called lulav. Hadachabet peri et hadar hamur Torah, the fruit of the good tree that is mentioned in the Torah. Hu etrog, it is the etrog. Ve'anaf etz avot hamur Torah, Hu hahadas she'alav chofin et etzo keg'on shiyu sheloshalin oyater al kan. The branches of the thick tree, that's avot, is mentioned av, thick, that are mentioned in the the Torah, is the hadas that its leaves cover its twig. For example, that there are two or three leaves growing on each bud covering the twig. But if there are two leaves opposite each other at one level and then a third leaf that is above them, it is not called thick or avot, rather it is called a wild hadas. <inaudible> <inaudible> the willows of the stream or the brook that are termed in the Torah. <inaudible> they are not every type of species that grows by a stream. Rather, a specific type of species is called armenachal. Ale halak adom arava. Its um, leaves are a little elongated, and its ed- the edge of the leaves are smooth, and its twig is red. This is what is called arava. And most of this type of species called Arava grow near streams. That's why they're termed in the Torah as Arve Nahal, willows of the stream. But if they were found to be grown in the desert or in the mountains, it would be permissible for use. It doesn't specifically need to be grown by a stream. Rather, it's the same species that grows by the stream. <inaudible> However, there is one type of species that is similar to an araba, except that its leaves are circular and it's the edge of its leaf is like a serrated knife and its um, branch is not red, and this is called a tzavtzafa, and it is not permitted to be used for the mitzvah of love. However, there is one species of an arava that it's, Leaves are not smooth, but are not, uh, but but are not like a serrated knife. Rather, it has small indentations at its edge, like a type of uh, scythe or tool that they would use to uh, harvest grain, Uh, and that would be uh, permissible for use. And all of these things that we mentioned of the definitions of what the Torah dis- coins as these different types of species are, um, we know this from the oral tradition transmitted by Moshe Rabbeinu. mitzvah <laughs> These four species are one mitzvah, and the absence of each one invalidate the other the others. And all of these are called mitzvat lulav, the positive um instruction of taking up the Lulav. And we don't add or subtract to the number of each species. And if we cannot find one of these species, you cannot bring another species that is similar to it. So, for example, if you're missing the arava, you can't take, for example, we described in the previous halakha, a tzavtsefah. Rather, you you can't fulfill the mitzvah at that point if you don't have um, one of the species. (laughs) Halachavav, mitzvah mina muvhar leegod lulav v'hadas v'arava laasot sheloshtan aguda achat. An exceptional way to perform the mitzvah of lulav is to gather all of these species and bind them together aside from the etrog so to take for example so to take the lulav the hadas and the arava and to make all three of them in one bunch we show no thlan and when one takes them up to fulfill the mitzvah mevarech tehilla al nitlat lulav o izo khulan lo wa noten ha hazot bmino ve etrog bismolo mino ter derakh gedilatan sheyo ikrehen lematala aris ve lema ma la avir so when you take them up, you first say the barakha of al netilat lulav on he who instructed us to, no, he, uh, on taking up the lulav because everything is in a way reliant on the lulav because they all um, are in a way tafil to, to the lulav because um, the lulav is the tallest out of all all of them, and the lulav, as we'll see soon, has to protrude above uh, the other um, minim, the hadas and the arava, yeah. and and then he takes this bunch um, of the lulav, hadas, and arava in his right hand, and the etrog in his left hand, and he has to take them up in the same manner in which they grow. So. The root has to be towards the ground and the top up towards the air. Now, just a quick note if anyone remembers from Hilchot Berachot Perikyud Aleph, that Harambam mentioned that when one binds the um, Lulav and Arava and the Hadas, one should make the Beracha of Shehayanu, even if he binds them before um, Hagasukot. But if he did not say Shehayanu at the time that he binded them, he can make. Um, the Beracha uh, of Sheikh when he takes them up, as most of us uh, do today. And just a quick note Harambam here does not have any mention of um, flipping the Etrog before the Beracha, flipping and then flipping it after the Beracha and having the root upwards or downwards, simply to take all of them together with the root towards the bottom and holding them in the same manner which they grow and making the Beracha. However, if one did not bunch them together and he took the Minim one at a time, he fulfilled his obligation. And this is provided that he has all four Minim on hand. And if he however, if he only had one of the Minim, or he was missing one of the Minim, he should not take the, he should not take them up until he can acquire or find um, the other Minim. Halachazayin. Kam man mehen? How many of each species does one take? Lulav echad ve'etrog echad u'shne badeh arava u'shloshra badeh hadas. One lulav, one etrog, two branches of the arava and three branches of the hadas. And if one wanted to add to the hadas in order for it to um, be one large bunch, he may do so, and it beautifies the mitzvah. However, the other species, one may not add or subtract to their number. However, if one did add or subtract, he did not invalidate the mitzvah of love and there is a really interesting uh, discrepancy in terms of, of the girsah here the girsah um, that it says up on the screen says pasal however um, in the uh, rabbi yochai makbili edition um, that i have next to me here uh, the correct girsah should be lo pasal and this is the correct girsah as confirmed um, by Rabenu Avraham in a teshuva she'elotu uh, Teshuvot birkat Avraham siman lamed alef so here again up on the screen as you can see it says pasal however the cor- correct girsah and again confirmed by Harambam's son is lo pasal halakha and this, I think this past really um, demonstrates to us the importance of using the correct girsah and the really wonderful wonderful work that uh, Rabbi Yochai Makbili did in researching um, all of the different and correct um, versions of the Mishneh Torah. Kama mehen Now we talked about how many species one should take. Now we're going to speak about how large or how small and the correct sizes for all of these minim. So how, how what is the measurement for each um species? A lulav, and tefahim, haya kasher. A dulav may not be less than four tefahim, and a tefah is the size of a fist, <coughs> but it can also be as long as one it can it may it can it cannot be less than four tefahim, but it can be as long as um, you want. And it it is measured from the tip of its spine, not from the tip of its leaves. And the hadas and the arava may not be less than three tefahim, But if they but and you can but you can also have it as long as you want. Even if on every branch there were Um, Only three, um, there were only three leaves that were fresh. It is permissible for use. And this is provided that they are on the top of the branch. And if he did, if he bunched all of the uh, species together, um, the love has to protrude Above the Hadass and the arava, at least one Tefach. As we mentioned before, um, we say the Barakha of the Love, because in a way, um, all of the other Minim are reliant on the Love, and again, as I mentioned before, and as we just mentioned, um, it should stand out the most um, out of all the Minim. B'Shi'ur etrog en p'chot m'kabitzah. B'im haya gadol kol Kasher and the shi'ur, the size of the etrog um, cannot be smaller than um, in the size of a medium-sized egg. And if it was as large as you it as you found it, if it, obviously it can be, you can be as large um, as you want, and it would be kasher. And there's actually a story in the Gemara that Rabbi Akiva would carry the etrog um, on his shoulders um, because he found a obviously pretty big etrog, um, and temanim, I believe, also take pretty large etrogim. And again, um, as Haram taught us just now, obviously, and as demonstrated by the ma'asavr um, akiva that um, if you find a large etrog, it is absolutely permissible for use. And may even be nicer to use than a smaller one, because you're demonstrating and parading um, the fruits of Eretz Yisrael and Anyone who wants to copy Rabbi Akiva um, is absolutely encouraged um, to do so. From when one lifts and takes up these four Minim, whether he took them up as one or he took them up one after another, or if he took them up in his right or left hand, he fulfilled his obligation. And this is all assuming that you lifted them up in the way in which they grow. Obviously, with the root on the bottom and the top towards the top. And if one did not take them up in the way in which they grow, he did not fulfill the obligation. And the mitzvah, um, according to the law, is that <coughs> is that one should take this bunch um, of three minim in his right hand and the etrog in his left hand, and should move it um, up down and wave the lulav three times in every direction. Kitzad, how so? Sorry, kitsad. rush pa'amim. You should move forward the Lulav um, and wave it three times. Umevi rush and then move it back towards you three times. And then move it upwards and downwards and wave the love three times um, when you do it up and down. And at what point do you move it forward and back? We move this waving and moving it forward and backwards during the time in which we read halal. When we read When we read and also when we say, um, please God, uh, be, we beseech you, redeem us. And the entire day, uh, one may, throughout the entire day, one may wave the love and the lulav may not be taken up at night. If one encircled the bunch of the lulav with a type of gold or silver band, or he put a type of cloth around it and took up the lulav along with these objects, it is permissible. And sometimes uh, it seems that they would uh, have this gold or silver band as a type of handle to hold the lulav um, with it. So, if you use that to grab hold of the love and to take it up, it is permissible for use. If you take up the love with some other object, it is still considered that you took up the love. And this is all provided that this is done to dignify and to beautify the love, as anything that is done to embellish the love does not separated however if you took any of, if you took these species up in a pot or a type of pan and took it up and lifted it you did not fulfill your obligation and this idea of having something um, that embellishes something else and not being a hatitsa is um, applicable as we'll see in the laws of um, Mikveh That anything that is done um, For beauty Or for embellishing That is not considered Is not considered A hatitsah uh, If you had the love And the hadas In a bunch And separated between The love and hadas With a cloth It is considered A separation If In However, if you um, separated them with branches of the hadas, it is not considered separate because something of the same species does not separate it. And one may tie the lulav with a type of string or cord from anything he wishes because not binding all of these Because not having the lulav, arava, and hadas in a bunch or binded does not invalidate the mitzvah. As we mentioned before, it is only um, mitzvah min amubhar to um, bind them together. (coughs) Now we'll speak about the mitzvah um, of the lulav and the timing of it and the differences between um, how they would do it back in the day when the bet HaMikdash was still around and how we do it today. The mitzvah of the lulav is to be taken up on the first day of Sukkot only, and this is everywhere, even um, when Sukkot fall, the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbat, as it says in the Torah, you shall take for you, um, on you should take up for you on the first day. And in the and in the mikdash, and also in Jerusalem, in the that was in the vicinity of the mikdash, as in Hilchot, uh, as in Mishnayot, Perusha Mishnayot, Rosh Hashana Peredale uh, Aleph Harambam says that. When it says here, Mikdash, it's referring to Yerushalayim, all of which is in the vicinity of the Mikdash. (coughs) So in Yerushalayim, in the Beda Mikdash, and in Yerushalayim only would the love um, be taken up on all seven days of Sukkot. (laughs) As it says, you shall be joyous before um, God for all seven days of Sukkot and when it says it's in reference to the Mikdash. If um, Shabbat would happen to fall out on one of the other days of Sukkot other than the first day it would not be uh, taken up on Shabbat as a precaution that one may take the love um, outside for Amot in Rish- of Rashut Rabim, similar to the way Chachamim um, cautioned and instituted um, in with in regards to the Shofar, as we saw in Ilkhot Shofar Perik Bet harishon? And the obvious question that Harambam asks here is how come Chachamim did not institute this same precaution on the first day of Sukkot? As in Harabam answers that because this is a positive prescription from the Torah, even outside of Yerushalayim. And the law of the first, and we find out that the law of the first day and the law of the other days is not equal because the other days of Sukkot, one is not required to take up the Lulav except for. Um, in the Mikdash, Sorry. When the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, Chachamim um, instituted that the lulav be taken up um, on every in every place all de- all seven days of Sukkot as a memorial for the Beit HaMikdash. And as we talked about before, uh, Zecher is not a passive type of remembrance. Zecher is an active um, memorial, and it almost always calls for an action to commemorate something. So for, an example of this is the uh, mitzvah of Zechirat Amalek. The Harambam codifies, as we'll see, Hashem in Helchot Melachim, that the mitzvah, of Zechirat Amalek is for one to actively say um, in regards to Amalek and remember what they did to us by speaking. Um, and, cons- and this is, should be done um, on a consistent basis. And that is how one fulfills the mitzvah. And on every day in which one takes up the love on all seven days of Sukkot, one says the beracha of um, He who instructed us and sanctified us by the mitzvot and instructed us to take up the love because this is a mitzvah from the uh, sages that the sages instituted. And uh, as we mentioned multiple times, that Asher ki deshan, that there is a mitzvah to listen to the Hamim, and that is how um, He sanctified us in His mitzvot not even though this prescription is to take up the lulav on all seven days of Sukkot. This is one of the takanot and institutions that Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai made after the Beit HaMikdash. And when the Beit HaMikdash will be built, the old rules will be restored. And just a reminder, Rabban Yohanan ben Zakkai was a student of Hillel Hazaken who lived during the time of the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash and really um, maneuvered politically uh, to allow the Jewish people to move um, the center of Torah from Yerushalayim to Yavne and Torah really uh, flourished under his leadership in Yavneh. Halachat <laughs> When the bedim Gitash was around, uh, the love would be taken up, even it would be taken up on the first day, regardless if it fell out on Shabbat. And so too, in any place that they knew for sure that the first day was the first was truly the first day. But other places that were distant and far away, that wouldn't know which day was Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, would not take up the lulav because of the sifek, because they would because they didn't know which day was Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. They wouldn't take it up on Shabbat, on the first day. Sorry, design. <laughs> when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, HaChamim prohibited the Lulav to be taken up on Shabbat, on the first day of Sukkot. Even those um, people who lived in Eretz Yisrael that sanctified the month, and they knew for sure which day was um, the Rosh Chodesh, because because of the people who lived far away from Eretz and wouldn't know um when the Chodesh was, when the actual day of Rosh Chodesh was, Chachamim <speaking in Hebrew> wanted a type of uniformity with this mitzvah. <speaking in Hebrew> and they didn't want some people taking up the love and some people not taking up the love, because the and the obligation on the first day of Sukkot is the same in all places. And now that there is no temple to provide a reason for uh, this difference. And nowadays that we know for sure which day is Rosh Chodesh, and we calculate the new month based on the calendar, <speaking in Hebrew> the rules remain the same. <speaking in Hebrew> that the love is not taken up on Shabbat at all. <speaking in Hebrew> not outside of Israel and not inside Eretz <speaking> in <Hebrew> Even on the first day, despite the fact that we know exactly when Rosh Chodesh falls out. And we talked, we already mentioned that um, the main prohibition, the main reason for the prohibition of taking up the Lulav on Shabbat is that it's a precaution that one may take it outside, Then one may t- take it foremost outside of Rosh harabim. Thereby violating a Torah prohibition of Mutzi Mutzi Mirshut Lishut. Halachayod Hit. Koshe Lulav. Patur Mishofar Patur Milulav. Anyone who is obligated to hear the Shofar or to sit in the sukkah is obligated in. Um, taking up the lulav, and anyone who is exempt from shofar and sukkah is exempt also from taking up the lulav. A minor who knows how to wave the lulav is obligated, um, from rabbinically, in order to educate him to do the mitzvot. Now, a difference here, in which we in um, in the katan, in in uh, contrast to the sukkah. The sukkah minor is obligated um, from when he is not no more dependent on his mother. Here, a minor is obligated uh, again, both rabbinically, um, from when he knows how to wave the lula. This isn't necessarily um, dependent on a specific age; rather, it is. Um, it seems to be according to a child's ability. So, just like uh, in hilchot uh, sukkah. That Harambam, I believe, gave an age five or six years old, but the point is from when he, the, the what Harambam codifies, um, is from when he is no longer dependent on his mother. Here too, um, it is from when a child would be obligated rabbinically, um, is from when he can waive the lulav. Halakha <laughs> kaf. Halakha lo Moshe bam shemibi'in arava araba acheret, me arava sheba lulav. Now we're going to speak about the mitzvah of the Aravah that they would do um, in the Beit HaMikdash and how that um, uh, trickled down um, to a minhag that we do today on the seventh day of Sukkot. So anyone, sorry, so it is a halakha uh, le Misinai as we mentioned before. Halakha le does not necessarily mean that it is from Moshe, Rather, it is a law that is ancient, and we don't have a specific point in time that, can, that we can identify when it began. That we would take in the Beit Hamikdash a um, another willow aside from the willow that is in the lulav, and it's a willow that was not used to fulfill the mitzvah of lulav, and it's and it, even a single twig is sufficient to fulfill the following mitzvah. How exactly was this mitzvah performed? In every day of the seven day days of Sukkot, they would take long branches of the arava, and they would stand it up on the side sides of the mizbeah, and its tops were bent over the mizbeah. Just to give everyone an idea of how big these um, branches of the Aravah were, they were around 11 amot, or 5.5 meters, because the Mizbeah was was 10 amot high, and in order for the tops to be bent over the Mizbeah, it would have to be at least, it would have to be obviously more than um, 10 amot. So, we're talking here around um, 11 amot, which is really, really tall, it's about six yards high or so. And at the time that they would place and fix these Aravot by the Mizbeah, they would blow the Shofar, as we talked about in Chot Shofar, they would blow a long blast, and then they would do um, the Teruah, and then they would do another tiki'ah. If Shabbat fell out during the um, if one of the days of Sukkot rather fell out on Shabbat, they would not place the Aravot on the Mizbeh. Rather, if um, however, if um, the seventh day of Sukkot fell out on Shabbat, they would place the the Aravot by the Mizbeh, even on Shabbat in order for in order to demonstrate publicly that this is the mitzvah of the seventh day. How exactly would they do this? How exactly was this done on Shabbat? They would on Friday they would take these aravot to the Mikdash and place the aravot in golden basins in order for them not for their leaves not to wither. And the next day they would take these Aravot and place them by the Mizbeh. And uh, the people would take some of the Aravah and hold it up just as they would do um, on another one of the other days of the hug. and otah kol Hag nowadays this arava, because it is not explicitly mentioned, this, this mitzvah is not explicitly mentioned in the Torah, it is not taken up all seven days um, of the Hag. Rather, it is only taken up on the seventh day um, as a uh, Zecher Lamikdash. How do we do this nowadays? L'okeh bad ehad. One takes a branch um, or many branches aside from the branches of the Aravah that he used for the love and you strike it on the ground or on a piece of furniture two or three times without a a Beracha as this is a custom introduced by the Nevi'im. Like t- on every day in the Beit HaMikdash uh, of Hagasukot, they would encircle um, the Mizbeach with their love in hand one time and say um, we beseech you, God, please redeem us. And they would say that twice. And on the seventh day of Sukkot, they would encircle Mizbeah seven times, similar to uh, triggers in my mind, uh, the seven times that they encircled Yeriho. Um, and also on the, pre- the days before that, they would encircle the city one time, and on the, on the seventh day, they encircled it seven times. And it is um, a custom in Israel today that in all places, both in Eretz Israel and outside, that the Ark, um, where the Torah is placed, um, is is placed in. The Bet Hamikdash in the middle, and um, everyone encircles it, um, and just as they would encircle the Mizbeach, uh, in order as a re- as a remembrance um, for the Bet Hamikdash. And again, here Zecher is not simply a passive memory; rather, it is active, and we actively do something in order to remember the Mikdash. And here Bam will um, tell us exactly how the minhag was back in the day when the, the Mikdash, um was um, still around. This is how the minhag was done. On, this is how Sukkot was done. In Yerushalayim, in regards to the Lulav. A person would leave his home in the morning with the love in hand and enter the beta and pray with the love in hand and leave the beta Knesset in order to visit sick or to um, comfort mourners with the love in hand. And when he enters the Bet Hamidrash, he would send the lulav with his son um, or with his servant back to take it home. And if anyone um, remembers, in Hil a person we mentioned that a person may not hold anything, um, even tefillin or a sefer Torah, while he is praying in order for him not to be distracted. But one may as we mentioned in the Chot that one may take and hold the love while he is praying during Sukkot because it is the mitzvah of the day. Halacha Kafhe. Back to a continuation of how um, they would um, do, how they would do, what exactly they would do with the love um, again back in the day. Halacha Kafhe. Kapdalit. miyad The wife of the individual who sent the love um, takes the love from her son, or from the ser- for, from the servant that uh, her husband sent, and she would take the love and the aravot and the hadassim, and place them back into the water on Shabbat. Back in the day when um, the love was taken up on Shabbat, on Yom Tov one may add water to the wherever whatever container. Um, the lulav and the other species were placed, and on the one may even switch the water. HaLcha KaFeh Hada sheba lulav asu lahariah bo, mipene sheeinu raoi ela lahariah, veoil vehukcah le mitzvah, ye asur lahariah bo, aval etro mutal lahariah bo, mitzvah, now we're going to talk about uh, the final two halachot of this chapter. We'll speak about the use of the arba'at minim for other um, types of uses or benefit that a person may want to use them for. So the hadas is prohibited to smell it on um, on sukkot because its only use of the of the hadas is for it to be smelled because it is because but because it was set aside for a mitzvah, um, you cannot. Smell the hadas. however, an etrog may be smelled, because it was set aside for the mitzvah, and um this in the sign that sets it apart from the mitzvah is the fact that it can't be eaten. So but and but the etrog again may be smelled. So this again, hadas may not be smelled because. Um, its only use is for it to be smelled and because it was set aside for the purposes of mitzvah, you cannot smell it. However, an um, etrog, because the sign that is set aside from the mitzvah is the fact that it can't be eaten, so it may be smelled on sukkot. And as we'll see in the next halacha, that um, the etrog would be eaten and made into a jam. I know my grandmother um, makes the etrog um, after sukkot into a type of jam. So. It does have other uses aside from being smelled, as Haranbam just mentioned as well. It is prohibited to eat um, the etrog um, for the entire seventh day and seventh and final day of Sukkot. Because it was set apart to be used for a mitzvah for a little bit of the day, so too it was um, set aside for the entire. Day. However, on the eighth day, it is permissible to be eaten. But nowadays, that we do two days of Yom um, Tov at the back end, both on the back end and on the front end. Front end but here, Hanumba is specifically talking about um, at the end of the Hag. Despite the fact that the ulav is not taken up on the eighth day, the etrog is forbidden to be eaten um, just as it would be forbidden on the eighth day um, back when they would do it two days of Yom Tov because of the doubt, because it was a doubt as to whether it is shiv'i. And just because today we do everything based on the calendar, um, we still cannot eat the etrog on the eighth day um, because we um, do, we just as they would not, just as... Um, they would not eat it because of the safeq and because they didn't know which day it was. If one set aside seven etrogim, one for each day, each one may be taken and he um, fulfills his mitzvah with each one for each day and the etrog that he used for one day may be eaten the day after. He used it. And will study the f- eighth and final chapter of Hilchot, Sukkah V'lulav, um shortly.